This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Voice Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 101. The New York Rangers have played their second-to-last expedition game, and you know they fall to the Boston Bruins once again. But I, I think there's a lot of posit- positives to come out of that. Uh, they face the New York Islanders on Saturday, so we'll get ready for that. And then all of a sudden, the New York Rangers regular season begins on October 11th. So there's some stuff to talk about. Uh, you know, more New York Rangers drama beefing online on Twitter. And, you know, let's just, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, first, I have to ask Andy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, uh, I'm going to, I'm without divulging too much. It's been a crazy time for me recently. Uh, I'll probably get into it at a later date, but not, not today. Uh, but as far as the New York Rangers go, um, yeah, it's been kind of a, a mixed bag as a preseason, I'd say. Uh, Gerard Gallant, after the performance with the Boston Bruins last night, bag skated the entire team. Um, you know, he says he didn't really like what he saw from a lot of the guys trying to make a spot. Uh, and it's very clear. I think even Larry uh, Brooks had a cryptic tweet about how things they were hoping to get settled in this preseason clearly have not been settled yet. Uh, and they only got one game left before the regular season. Um, and much of the, the, the questions we had as fans and also surely the front office had, uh, going into the preseason still remain as it seems they have not yet been able to settle in on a lineup, uh, configuration they feel comfortable with. So yeah, it's interesting because they're running out of runway here to set the table for the regular season. But, um, yeah, uh, it's, I guess we'll see Like I said, they have, literally one more game against the Islanders to feel good about whatever decisions they ultimately make. Yeah. It's, it's like hard because it's such an up and you know down feeling with the, with the preseason, right? You, you play a good period. You feeling good about yourself. You collapse, you lose the game. You're like, ah, it's just the preseason. Shake it off. We'll get them next time. But you know, with the New York Rangers with the big, you know, with the big question marks that they have, you know, how their lineup is going to work to start the season. I think, you know, for, for them going into this preseason, I think you wanted them to feel almost comfortable within themselves. And I feel like the total opposite, I feel like we're going to be fine, but I also feel like there's no cohesion yet with this team, right? There's no like gelling yet. And, you know, I kind of actually didn't feel that way up until now. And I'm curious to see how this team responds and plays against the New York Islanders on Saturday. But certainly, you know, as a fan of the New York Rangers, you got to be a little bit concerned about, you know, what this team is going to look like. And if they're already getting called out in the preseason, you know, that just makes me worried. And, you know, they can come at it two ways in my eyes, Andy. They can either, you know, go down this road where it's choppy and they constantly have to change lines and shuffle what the lineup looks like in order to get, you know, amped up or they could find a rhythm and, you know, sustain it and ride that roller coaster up and down all season long. But 
knowing that at the end of the day, if they can stick to their game and stick to the game plan, that, you know, the New York Rangers are going to win more games than lose. And, you know, it's tough because the success of last year could be so blinding to some of these kids that, you know, I hope they don't get complacent. And I hope that they don't think that, well, we made it to the Eastern Conference final last year. We're owed that this year. It's like, that's not how it works. You have the target on your back. This year is going to be even harder than last year, even if you do have a better team. So uh, I guess the first question I think I have for you, Andy, is that, um, you know, is Gallant overreacting or do you think, you know, there's merit to what, you know, his feelings were after that game? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. I think the biggest thing is that we're talking about the the, ki- the kids here when is honestly, it seems like the they're the ones we really have to worry about the least, I think. Well, certain kids, I would say the kid line, as we know, it continues to look strong. Hence the dilemma we have here in that with the other lines having trouble finding a good rhythm here in the preseason is, is do you break up the kids and spread their wealth out, even though they're getting them trying getting them to be successful and have, you know, just personal success has been the biggest hurdle for the Rangers thus far. And they finally have found that. But of course, it now comes in a time where they're having trouble finding good combination with the rest of their lines. Um, Vitaly Kravtsov, unfortunately, it's just, it hasn't really been a very good preseason for him. Even when playing with Panarin, he looks tentative. He looks like he's not willing to take hits to make plays. He just looks unsure. He looks like it's, he's, uh, yeah, like the pressure of making the team is getting to him. It's kind of a put up or shut up moment for him. And it looks like he's unfortunately not up to the task right now. Um, I think Zach Jones has looked very good. You know, every time him and Libor Hayek are on the ice, it's pretty clear of who should win that job. And then it's Jones going away. And even Schneider is at a little bit of an up and down preseason, but he's ultimately been good, I'd say, you know. So, yeah, I just it's just funny that you're honestly it's the what they're not seeing enough at is the guys like Kravtsov, like Sammy Blay, like um, I won't say Jimmy Vesey because I think he's had a pretty he's probably had a stronger camp than a lot of the bottom sixers. But, you know, the Carpenters and hell, even like the the good rows and this, the tro checks and the, you haven't seen a lot from these guys. You know what I mean? You know? Um, and it's not like Mika obviously had two goals, but you know, I don't know. It looks like some of those other guys aren't really, tr- you know, the big guns aren't really trying to break a sweat. So overall it's just been kind of underwhelming other than the kids really, you know? Um, so yeah, I think Gallant in, he kind of like he always does to protect his players. He kind of downplayed the fact that he was given a, ba- you know, wind sprints and bag skating them. You know, uh, but you could tell he was very un- un- not pleased with how things were going and that today trying up different combinations was a result. Apparently, he said management had asked, wanted to look at different things. You know what I mean? So because that might affect who's getting sent to another team. You know, if Kraftsoff doesn't, you know, I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose Kraftsoff for nothing. But at the same time, you know, he might say, I don't want to lose him on waivers for nothing. But if you. You know, I know he doesn't have a lot of value, but, you know, give me something, I'll get rid of him, you know, which is a shame because I would hope at least they'd give him a chance to, I know it hasn't gone the way he has, but again, I think he, his talent level at least is high enough evident that you don't want to lose him for nothing. So, um, but yeah, it just isn't, it isn't, has, it hasn't fallen into place as seamlessly as fans and the team would hope. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
yeah, I, the, the kid with him, Kravtsov. It's like I, I'm worried about him, but I'm also not worried about him because it's it's this is preseason. There's a ton of pressure on him. I do want to just let him play. Just let him play. I know that sounds like counterintuitive. Uh, you know, if you're trying to find, you know, gelling and cohesiveness within this lineup, but it's one of those things where let him play. Let us see what we have. Give him minimum five games, you know, five to 10 games. And I'm not saying he needs to play second line minutes and totally deteriorate an eighth of the season, you know, you know, with him on that second line. And even if they're unsuccessful, it's like you can move him up and down the lineup, but don't don't bury him on the fourth line and have him play six minutes a game. It's like that's definitely not what you want to do, because that's going to show you zero. You know, you almost got to let him fail and fail on his own and feed him minutes, even if it's unjustified. But, you know, I don't think the New York Rangers are going to be too vulnerable if we're throwing crafts off at least, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a game on the second line, uh, you know, because there's going to be special teams involved. There's going to be penalty killing involved. And there's going to be times where the lines are not always going to match up. So, you know, that 12 to 15 minute range, I don't think is, is too crazy. And if we can get that and, you know, for, through the first at least 10 games, we can definitely see kind of what we have. And, you know, you know, some people may say that's not enough. Some people might say that's way too much. But the truth is, this kid has not played NHL hockey. And, you know, we kind of owe it to ourselves as an organization to see what we have in this asset. And, you know, they've had to see enough to kind of pencil him in as a second liner. And, you know, I know he's a cheap asset and we kind of need him just as much as he needs us. But at the same time, it's like, let's just not throw him away because he's not performing in the preseason. Let's, you know, let's start the season. Let's see what he's got on the second line. Um, you know, if you want to throw him with the kid line and move Lafreniere up, you know, figure that something like that out. You know, if you want to move Kako up and have him you know, be on the right side, do it. You know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how Gallant manages the bench, you know, when things get jumbled a little bit with special teams. But, um, you know, Andy, am I like if you're looking at this roster right now, the worst thing. Do you agree with me saying that the worst thing you can probably do with an asset like Kraftsoft is put him on the fourth line and let him play six minutes a game? Because I feel like if you're just admitting defeat with him as an asset and you're not doing anything for his confidence and you're not even seeing what you really truly have. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It's, Again, and I think you you kind of alluded to it before. I think um, the fact that with the expect, I I think it just seemed like everyone thought that with the expectations of how far they they or how far they went last year, that that was just going to carry over, and that they would be able to deal with the turnover better. But I don't know. In a lot of in a lot of ways, it's it's not as the foundation is not as solid as you might think. You know what I mean? Um, well- and that's even with some some guys taking a step forward. It's well, just... what was our strong suit last year? Like, if you had to pinpoint one thing that was the most consistent part of our game last year, uh, you, you exactly. Just... So um... no, no, but that's like that's kind yeah. of my point. It's yeah. like, well, 
But I, I well, I, I would say I will say this though that they're they were a much better defensive team from I would say December on. Whereas the second half of the year, Igor didn't wasn't yes he was still great, but he didn't have to be what he was in the first half of the year. Um, which they're definitely not going to get. I think it's any anyone with the common sense knows they're not going to get that again. That so they have they cannot simply cannot be as porous five on five. I mean, at luckily from at least from the Boston Bruins takeaway is one of the main takeaways is that literally the Libor Hayek and I forget the other person who used to play for the Bruins pairing was on the ice literally for every almost every goal against you know, along with Panarin. Um, unfortunately, on one of them, um, or at least there were a bunch of them. I think Panarin was on the ice also for like three goals or something. But. You know, so I mean, you know, who knows? As long as my feelings on Libor Hayek have are been well documented, in that that he is literally not an NHL player, and he just his decision making is so suspect, and it just leads. He literally has some of the worst metrics in the entire NHL, just for. So yeah, um, he's just he flat out stinks. <laughs> so again. Silver lining is that if if Adam Fox and Lindgren both play that game yesterday, if Lindgren's feeling up is healthy and feeling up to it, and Fox is there, I don't know if the the turnouts is bad. Maybe we're not in. It's not a five alarm fire right now. You know what I mean. But that being said, other teams, you know, Boston is going to be with, is without McAvoy and this other. You know, it's like other teams are going to be without, and they can hold the ship. The, if the Rangers have to literally be at a hundred percent health in order to to make it through, that's not good enough. You have to be a team that's good enough that even if you're missing one or two guys, you can survive you know, or at least tread water. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, just, well, uh, look at, you know. That was not a tread, that was not treading water yesterday. That was, you know, I mean, you know, Miller had a bad giveaway on a, a, a ill-advised cross-ice feed. And we, we know he's trying to stretch his legs offensively this year. So I think that'll be the biggest key for him is that obviously the more you have the puck on your stick, the more chance you have to turn over the other team. So you have to be really sure. But obviously I'll I'll take him trying to stretch out in that way any day of the week, you know. But um uh yeah, but yeah, I just you know, it's it's the Rangers, I would still like to see a more I still am not really sure what their system is or it tails on. I think Gallant just kind of lets them play hockey as long as they attend to details. But I don't think they have little plans in place to make sure that are pushing towards generating more offense, which I think is a bit of a problem for this team. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily think it has to be the most advanced, you know, uh, scheme on the planet or, but just, I think just saying, Oh, we just need to play fast. We just need to do this. We just need to do that. Well, sometimes it's like having a directive can be at the very least, if I don't do X, Y, and Z, if, as long as I do, you know, W, it's going to, if everyone's doing W, it's at least going to generate some offense at five on five. Whereas, you know, every line kind of is doing, saying you, I trust you all to play, do the, attend to your details. So then you can do what you want. I don't know if that's good enough at some times, especially with this team, you know, but hell, I feel like if they want to play the way the kid line plays every night and says, just get the puck, get behind them and grind them down from behind the net and have direct passes that don't get turned over. I think that's a really good, uh, it's a really good, you know, recipe for success. But, you know, I think the rest of the team has to figure that out too. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, full disclosure, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to audio quality. I basically always have a pair of headphones in my ears. Uh, I'm either editing this podcast, recording this podcast, listening to music, listening to other podcasts, and I do all this when I'm working out, uh, walking around the streets of New York City, riding the subway, riding the bike, running for exercise, uh, and recently it's been an amazing experience. Um, And do you know why? because I've been using my brand new Raycon wireless earbuds to do all of it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever, and with their optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, they are so comfortable, they will not budge. Uh, Trust me, like I said, when I'm running, riding the bike, just moving all out and about, they do not move an inch. Raycons give up to eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. And they're priced just right because you get quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Like I said earlier, I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to audio. So Raycon's three customizable sound profiles are perfect for me. If I want more bass, I can get it. If I want less bass, I can get it. If I want more highs, I can get them. Uh, I can just basically tailor it to the type of music I'm listening to and just how I'm feeling on any given day. Right now, go to buyraycon.com and use code THPN15 and get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com, code THPN15. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got to buy in and it's got to start with, you know, the the veterans and the leaders of this team. And, you know, now that Troop is a captain, you know, he's kind of have to lead the way. And I know, you know, he's vocal with the boys and and, you know, obviously Kreider had a career year last year. Those guys are still going to have to lead the way and set an example for the younger guys still. And, you know, I I worry that we are going to be have the same attitude and be like, well, you know, if those guys pick it up, we could be very dangerous because the kid line is producing and we're just kind of falling short. You know, the power play is just not where it was last year. You know, Igor has taken a step back, but he's still keeping us in every game. Like there are narratives that you can just envision this team having over the next few months. And it's going to be frustrating as hell because here we are, you know, we kept on crying. We need, you know, we need a number two center. We need number two center. So we go out and get Vinny Trocek, you know, Strom's got to go, you know, we, we need, uh, you know, we need answers for our third line. Well, now we got the kid line. And, you know, if you're barking about, you know, we need a, a fourth line that's a little bit more threatening. 
well, we made changes there. And, and as of right now, those players are probably better than what we had last year. And I know, you know, there's some overlap in terms of some of the players that you'll see there. But, you know, overall, I do think we're better on paper. And it's whether or not we put it together. And it's going to be it's going to be tough. And it's going to be tougher because, you know, now we have the bullseye on our back. Now, the Rangers are the team to beat in the East. You know, there's going to be, you know, obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning went to the Stanley Cup, but, you know, the New York Rangers have a lot of hype around them. They have, you know, a lot of big names on their team, a lot of young kids that are expecting to make the, take the next step. There's just, there's pressure, there's outside pressure, there's, you know, expectations, and that, that comes with a cost. And, you know, you got to rise up to the challenge. Um, you know, it's 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 gonna be a hell of a ride watching this team this year if there's inconsistency within the lineup and that's not really out of the realm of possibility that this is what we're gonna be dealing with all season long and we're just gonna be one of those teams battling for a wild card spot um you know andy obviously you know the regular season starts on the 11th. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then two days later, we have the Minnesota Wild, which are, you know, two of the better teams, I think, in this league. Uh, after that, our schedule gets a little bit softer, but, you know, there, there's a lot of teams that are going to be, you know, tough to beat that you might think that are in, in the middle of the pack. My question for you is, if we get out to a slow start, let's just say we're, three and seven in our first 10 games what what is like what's the answer like we can't we can't just go out and trade somebody we can't you know the blame's going to be on our it's going to be on Panarin it's going to be on you know Truba it's going there's a lot of a lot of players that you can point the finger to it's going to be on Kraftsoft so my question to you is that if we start off slow what what do you think the answer will be from Gallant and management, you know, regarding this team, you know, is it going to be, well, we got to have an effort or do you think it's going to be something more along the lines of Gallant calling out individual players? Because now there's kind of no excuse. I don't know if it'll be ever be individuals with Gallant, but, and I honestly, I do feel this way. If they, I think on paper, obviously they don't generate a lot at five on five or didn't last year. But even just looking at them, I don't see any reason why they cannot be a team that can at least be a middle, they, a lower to middle of the pack five on five team and combined with Igor and how good they should be on the power play, even if they're not as hot as last year. They, that sounds like a 500 hockey team to me in the very least. Um, so, I mean, if they get off to a poor start, I think maybe it will get down to, well, I let you guys do it your way and now you're going to do it my way. You like, I am going to make you all are going to always get dumped, you know, whatever pucks deep, go, go after it. F one and crash, you know, uh, halfling, halfling lock, whatever. You know what I mean? I think he's just going to get more strict. You're going to get, you're going to get less carte blanche to do what you want. I will restrict minutes tighter. You know what I mean? So until you can, pr- unless you can prove to me that you can be consistent, you know what I mean. And, uh, I think it's one of those things where it'll be pretty apparent. I don't think it'll be like one or two guys are literally causing the downfall of the team. It'll just, it'll just won't be enough all around. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm curious curious to see now that we have a captain if 
you know, he points blank at, you know, our actual set, you know, captaincy, you know, uh, you know, last year it was obviously, you know, captaincy by committee, you know, you looked at the leaders, Kreider, Truba, Zabenajad, you know, and, you know, it's just, for me, I hate, I don't know why I am negative right now with, you know, I know they lost to the Boston Bruins. It was a preseason game, but I, I just, I really do worry at times because I don't, and this is sad that I am at this point, but in, in my heart, I really just don't trust any of our veterans. And I do trust the kid line. <laughs> I don't trust the veterans to perform as well as they did last year. And I know that's probably just the sour fan in me. And given my teams that I have, will have to root for, like the Jets, the Mets who collapsed. It's like failure is just all around me with my sports teams. So it's almost like, well, I had my good thing last year. The sports gods gave me an Eastern Conference final. Now shut up while I put you in demise for the next decade and your team just fails. You know, I, I you it's know, sick that I'm like I that, but that's how I feel. Yeah. No, I and I definitely get that impulse. Uh, it makes a lot of sense <laughs> because I get that way too, but there's also a chance that they start, they win the first game versus the lightning and they actually look okay. And maybe they win three, you know, they win their first two games, they lose the next one, they win one, then they lose two, but then they win two or, you know what I mean? And then it's like not as big of an issue. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we, it's tough to know, but well, the um, sad part is Andy, it's like, if we're hovering at 500, I think people are going to look at that as like failure. Which kind of worries me because if you're telling me we're a game or two above 500 by the end of October, like that's not failure. That to me, that like, you know, you just got to play just above 500 hockey. And 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 for me, looking at the schedules really important. You know, are you beating the teams you should beat? You know, are you competitive against the the elite teams in the league? Like that's where, you know, that's where it really, you know, boils down to and. You know, looking at like like for instance, just looking at the Rangers schedule, you have Tampa and Minnesota and uh, Winnipeg. Now, if you told me we split, yeah, if you told me we split with Tampa and Minnesota and you know beat Winnipeg and we're two and one at the end of the week, like that's a successful week. Then you know you move to the next week. It's like all right, Ducks and Sharks. Um, you know we we should beat those two teams, right? And now we have, you know, the Islanders, a tough game, Avalanche, Blue Jackets, Dallas is a tough game. It's like, yeah, you might finish 500 that week. So, like, you got to break it down into little five-game segments, you know, weekly segments. And for me, I think that's how I'm going to approach this season as a fan. It's like, are we playing well against the shit teams and beating them? And are we competitive against the good team? And I think that's how I have to approach the season as a fan break it down five game segments, two game segments, look at it week to week and just say, you know, pick apart. How are we playing right now? Can we get better? You know, what's the problem? Is it five on five special teams, goaltending defense? You know, what is it? So um, yeah, that's personally how I'm going to approach this season. Uh, you You know, what are your thoughts heading into the regular season? 
No, I, I think I feel kind of the exact same way as you do. I mean, I have co- hopefully I'm hoping that Zach Jones being on that third pairing will be a huge upgrade on whatever third pairing they rolled out last year, which didn't really get sorted till they finished with Schneider and Braun at the end of this, in the into the playoffs. You know, I think I'm hoping Schneider is better this year. And I think he'll be a little bit better. I don't want to say he'll be a world beater, but I think Jones is just such a clear upgrade. And I think he's been good in this uh, in the preseason, just the way he defends and everything. You see, he's smart. He uses his stick. He's broke up some pretty tough players. He's locked down guys at times, you know. And he's such a good skater. So, I think at least in that, they should the Rangers should be better in that regard. I think what's going to come down to is that they will not be able to score their way out of problems as easily because you say what you will about Ryan Strome, but the guy, yes, he missed a lot of empty nets, but he also. He just he was Panarin's, uh, you know, biggest booster to each other, and they could score off with, they could play with each other. And early returns on Trocheck look like, yeah, he does good things that are good, but at the same time, he, it looks like the way the Rangers play is kind of a foreign concept to him. He's, I think, he's used to having uh, his teammates as reliable defensively as he is, which was obviously a problem for um, the the Hurricanes to figure out how to score more. Whereas the Rangers kind of had the opposite problem. They couldn't generate as much as the Hurricanes, but they had an easier time scoring. So you have to figure out how to find the middle ground. So obviously with time, you hope that both sides will meet in the middle a little bit. It's like, okay, we should all be playing like Vinny more, but Vinny, you, you know, don't, you don't always have to like, you know, you can hang back. Sometimes you can do this. You can be a little bit more opportunistic. You can hold the puck a little bit longer if you want, you know? So I think, uh, It'll definitely take time, but like you said, just looking at everything as a five-game segment is pretty smart because I don't think the first five games, if the Rangers' first five games last year was in, you would have never, they're like, there's no way this team is going to the Eastern Conference Final. You know what I mean? But they did. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just taking it like a couple games at a time, and hopefully, I think at this point, you you imagine they'll probably split the kid lineup, and I think that might be best, unfortunately, because... They're ready for marquee roles, and you know, I think, I honestly think at this point they they should all be confident enough to play with other players. I thought Kako looked good in his preseason game when he played with Zavanajad and Kreider. Um, you know, we'll see if who sticks with who. Maybe, you know, maybe Laugh. Uh, right now, it looks like they're going to do Kako with the top line and keep Laugh and Heal together in the third line. But just because Kako's a natural right wing, so they can keep Laugh on his left wing, and, and him and uh, Laugh and Heel seem to have some good chemistry together. Uh, of the three, I think they have, they might have the, big, the best connection so far. But uh, we'll see, you know, because imagine you move Kako off that line and the kid line just sinks all of a sudden. Then you're going to have to do some other flip flopping. But uh, we'll see, because like I said, they're running out of runway here. They got one more preseason game left against the Islanders to get the table set for the regular season. But. Uh, as negative as I want to be, I'm going to say, you know what? They've earned at least the, the uh, they've, I think they definitely earned what, what they did last year in their play, the the chance to prove us wrong and say, hey, you know, it's, it's maybe it's not going to be perfect, but we'll get there and we are the team that everyone thinks we are. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.